Welcome to Deep Spirituality. Today I have uh, some repeat guests. In our previous two episodes uh, on insecurity, we had Ray Kim, Brian Nita, and Nick Straw, along with me, uh, Russ Yule. And uh, we talked about insecurity in a lot of different ways. And all three of us, or all four of us, walked away and thought, you know what? We may have been insecure talking about insecurity. Absolutely. Uh, and so one of the things that uh, we wanted to do is take another shot at it because we want to help ourselves and help everybody out there to be able to have the kind of understanding of what it means to walk with God that really allows us to get secure, which really to get secure means I'm confident completely that God loves me. And by that, it's not just an emotion. But it's the confidence that whether I have financial problems, marriage problems, kid problems, uh, health problems, whatever it is, that God is with me in it. He's going to go through it uh, uh, with me. And uh, I've had people come up to me and, and talk to me recently and say to me, um, you often talk about Romans eight twenty eight, uh, which I like the voice translation, which says that uh, God works things together uh, so that we will have a good and beautiful life. And I've had people tell me, I'm going to tell it back to you since you told it to me, that God wants you, Russ, to have a good and beautiful life. I think that's security. The confidence that no matter how the deck is dealt to us, no matter how the blocks get set up, that we are going to have a good and beautiful life. And Deep Insecurity is an article on www.deepspirituality.net that will allow you to dig more into this. And I just want to set it up for the guys before they share and whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line, Saul answered. But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? I can't possibly be the kind of person that you're hoping me, hoping I will be. King Saul is a much maligned figure in Christian circles because of his spiritual failure. This reflects an unfortunate truth about our strange relationship with the failure of others. We tend towards schadenfreude, which is a German word defined as deriving mm. pleasure from another person's misfortune. Mm. This schadenfreude grows from a self-righteous superficiality whereby we become experts at identifying the deficiencies of others while ignoring our own. I would like to replace this superficial schadenfreude with deep spirituality, which gives us the capacity to dig deeper and discover God anywhere, anytime, and through the experiences of anyone. This anyone includes King Saul a man just like us whose insecurities plagued him with persistent feelings of inadequacy, unworthiness, and loneliness. That's our goal today. We want to be able to help all of us be able to see that God is the answer to our feelings of inadequacy. God is the answer to our feelings of unworthiness. God is the answer to our feelings of loneliness or emptiness. And today, the guys that are with me want to say a few words about that. Yeah, I think um, going back to the schadenfreude, that, that hit me because I was actually reading the scripture, Job 8, verse 13. It says, the same happens to all who forget God. The hopes of the godless evaporate. Their confidence hangs by a thread. They are leaning on a spider's web. And I thought about that scripture because so much of my insecurity uh, is, I feed my insecurity more because so much of my confidence goes into how do I appear? Uh, right. What do I look like at any given moment? And the more I'm so consumed with people, I have no room for God. Um, the thing I'm learning, I'm not there yet, is just if I don't get my 100% focus, my heart set on just God loving me is enough, 
I'm just a basket case. So, Ray, you know, I know that you you lead in a lot of different ways. You mm-hmm. run some nonprofit, you know, uh, uh, organizational things, helping uh, kids with special needs and typical kids. Um, I know you went to Berkeley. You were a leader there when you were on campus. You're yep. you're you're right. a spiritual leader. You're a, you're a leader at home. You're leading a lot of ways. You got <laughs> yeah. a lot of leadership <laughs> yeah, talent, right? right? So how does that insecurity affect your leadership? How does that look? What does that look like? Uh, you know, uh, I get into really, I get into this command control mode. What's mm. that mean? Uh, meaning, I've it, when I'm leading, it's not so much about hey, let's build this team together. It become because I'm so insecure, I'm afraid of things not working out the way I want it, or things not, are not going to come the way I envisioned. I go into, I completely turn off. I have, I make no room for other people to feel like they can contribute or or, or um, influence me. How does that? How does and, that? Help, how does that? How does that affect your ability to handle criticism? Because I know leaders get a lot of criticism. <laughs> well, well, I look at criticism as a threat rather than learning from it. I look at it as okay. If if someone criticizes or gives me even any kind of influence or input, I look at it as negative because I'm already starting from a point of insecurity. So I'm not thinking. Okay, I'm here. Security is more like if we're all in this together, but that's not where I'm, I'm at most of the time. And so how I lead it becomes everything's about control. And then what that does is um. It just gets everybody stressed out. They they forget mm. what we're trying to build, and they're focused now on okay, am I trying to please Ray or follow the rules that he's he's you know turning out? Yeah. Um, and it and then people are not inspired anymore. It's just every everything becomes like a burden or duty or this is what we're supposed to do versus here's the vision and we lose it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah cool. I was going to say that. I think uh, I can relate to that. Yeah. When when I get criticism, uh, I end up getting angry at people. But they lose sight of God. They lose sight of whatever vision it is. If it's one of these nonprofits, and they end up, I'm focused on them and trying to get my security from them, whether they're doing what I've asked them to do or told them to do, or so I'm focused on them. What it ends up doing is it ends up getting them focused on me. You know, I know right? you. You always all do a lot of public speaking. You do, Nick. How does that insecurity affect you when you when you're trying to speak? Because everybody gets. You know, Ooh. they say the number one fear of all people is public speaking. Oh, yeah. So the fact yeah, that you're my, my number one, <laughs> it is. It's your number one. It's not number one. I'm, I'm definitely have a little more practice Absolutely. now, but from my whole life, I used to. I remember going. I'll tell a little story, then I'll answer that question. I remember going to. Uh, I was 22 in college. I was a senior, and I was a sociology major, and it was a very small class. Probably me and 13, 14 other people that I all I knew them very well. We would study together. We would hang out together. We were friends, right? Yeah, right. But when I was in front of that classroom giving a presentation on stuff we went over together and prepared together, right? My face is red. My I'm sweating. My my advisor is the teacher. I know everybody I know them well, right? right. We've ate pizza together, you know what I mean? Like Hey, we've had pizza together, you hey, But so but I remember sweating and the whole time I just remember, am I gonna blow out what are they thinking of me the whole time? Um so that that just goes to say no, public speaking is my, was my number one fear for a while. It isn't uh, now. I forgot your question. <laughs> How does it affect you when you're speaking? Because you know, right. I, you know, I think sometimes what happens when we're insecure, um, and, and it's not a bad thing to be insecure. It's a human thing to be insecure. I just want to be clear. I, I, this has been a major battle in my life, and mm-hmm. so um, I, I would say. Ninety-five percent of all the things that have gone wrong in my life, or the sins that I've gotten into, or the poor leadership I've 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 had, whether it's being too harsh or too uh, compliant or whatever it was, it's always come down to my insecurity. So 
I, I think sometimes when we're speaking publicly, insecurity can make it difficult to be vulnerable with an audience. And a lot of people who right. speak, whether it's to a business or they speak to a uh, a church or uh, they're speaking to a, a school or students or whoever it is, it's difficult to be vulnerable because of insecurity. If I if I put myself out there, right? What if people reject me? And I wonder how much maybe that sometimes affects our ability to speak publicly. And I think a lot of people out there are going, hey, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That that now you're talking my language because I think some people don't want to be leaders because of their insecurity. They think right. they don't want to be leaders, and they can't, but they can if they deal with their insecurity. I th- I think how it affects me uh, when a public speaker just lead in general. Like I'll tell stories about my past. I'll uh, be hesitant to uh, challenge or, or push people, but I don't want to let people know what I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'll tell a story five years ago, but what I'm going through right now, um, I don't want to share that because it's not all right. dealt with. I can't package it up in a bow. You know, I can't make it look how I want it to look. So do you ever, have you ever done this? Because I've done this. Have you ever gone and just not scripted it out? Like just go, I'm going in, and yeah. like, yep. that's what I, right. I what yep. I usually when I'm rarely, unprepared. Rarely, but yes, <laughs> well, that's on that's one end. Right? When, you're, when you're not prepared, <laughs> yeah, I wing it when I'm not prepared. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I'm talking oh, about leaving yourself vulnerable to the audience, right? And saying I'm not going to go in because what it is is when you control the story, right? Right. Then you're in a sense inauthentic. Yeah, I got a scripture. And I think that happens in conversations, too. I got a scripture for that. That's that's something I'm actually working on. In uh, Luke 9, verse 39, the voice that says, You Pharisees are a walking contradiction. You're so concerned about the external things, like someone who washes outside of a cup and bowl but never cleans the inside, which is what counts. Beneath your fastidious exterior is a mess of extortion and filth. And what stuck out to me about that scripture is, is when we're insecure we don't like being messy in the moment, and I'm trying to learn right. how to be messy in the moment. I want to be transparent and vulnerable after I've gone through the fact. After me and Rosen have been fighting and we're resolved and whatnot, now I want to share it. Yeah. But not just being messy in the moment. Yeah. And I think for me, when I'm insecure and I speak publicly, we don't end up having a conversation. I end up speaking at somebody yeah. versus having a conversation with question, somebody. Yeah. Questions. So, so you, I've heard this phrase. Somebody else said this to me a couple of days ago. They go, so-and-so needs to be messy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a contrarian, which if you're listening to the, to the podcast, you probably figured out that I do that all the time. <laughs> and that's one of my wife's favorite problems of mine. Um, but why do we have to use the word messy? So let me just uh, let yeah. me be a contrarian. When we describe, and I'm not critiquing it, I I agree that emotions are messy. But when we describe it as messy, by implication, you're weak to be vulnerable, right? So yeah. why don't we describe it as normal? Why don't we describe instead that the other people are stiff, right. deceitful, awkward, you know, inauthentic? <laughs> right. Why right. don't we go? Right. If you're not, I think part of the reason we feel messy is everybody's being fake. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, I also think it's. I still make it that I easy. I also think I mean. it's. I think it's how we've grown up too. Like I viewed for my whole life emotions as messy. I view that experience that I talked about being in front of somebody well, what's as messy? messy. Explain. Um, negative. I, I don't really negative? use the word negative. Like uh, I hate emotions. <laughs> well, well <laughs> I, maybe that. Oh, yeah. so 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 the equivalent would be that. And correct me. If I'm not in control, it's messy. 
Yes. Yes, 100%. Ah, Definitely. in control. Hey, does anybody out there understand what I'm now? Now I get. See, in I'm control very, and, I'm, and vulnerable I, to maybe being hurt, being rejected, being wrong. Being wrong. Well, those. I look at the other side too. I think it's, I don't want to be found out. I mean, I think. I think I want to say it's messy, but no. I, but see, I'm going to give you country again. Why does it have something. to be being found out? Mm. Well, because like, some of the some of the things you guys are saying are putting a negative connotation I on vulnerability and transparency. So why can't it be? I'm not being found out. I want to be honest, but I don't trust you people to be honest with you. Yes, and that's and real. I have to overcome my, my over overly concerned view of people to say like to me. I think I, in my in my perfect spiritual world. Everybody walks in and just goes, this is, this is my point of view. Yeah. And, and we just go, oh, wow, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you hated uh, those people. I, I'm glad to know. I'm glad to know. We might want to make some adjustments right there and stop hating that group of people. But I think some of the problem with religion yeah. is that there are all these things that are wrong. Yeah. It's wrong to sit down and say, I didn't. Uh, like being at your event it's wrong to say you're boring it's wrong and i'm not saying i want anybody to come up and say me that i'm boring or i'm but people people tell me stuff all the time yeah but i think that's them being normal right i think it's actually abnormal to never say what you think yeah not unless you grew up that way though i mean i grew but that up that means you grew up in an abnormal family that's what i'm saying oh. and so i'm saying is that <laughs> i didn't exactly. i didn't re- i didn't think i thought but, abnormal was being real and sharing all the real thoughts. Ah, I, I totally thank thought you. that. Mm. Now I understand. So I grew up. And so when I became a Christian, I was like, it's this concept about being in the light and being yeah. honest. I was like, that's completely uncomfortable. Completely goes against my instinct and grain because in my family, what's what was spoken at the house stays in the house. So mm. my family was a bit different. We were all. It was everything was out there, right? Right. And I wanted your family. I was like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I was the only boy. I was yeah. like, I am exhausted. I'm so tired. You know, I thought everybody was yelling half the time, right? I think what it is is, I, I, I don't really mean your family was abnormal, but I think what I'm trying to say is that we all have a piece of the pie that's abnormal. So in my, I've learned from families like yours, Ray, yeah. not that I was part of it, that you can't be that out of control emotionally. On the other side, we have to learn you can't be that controlled emotionally. Right. And there's this middle area, but here's the beauty, right? We can all come with our own kind of family, get together, and as long as we're being real about it, right? that's what produces the loving environment. And I think a lot of people out there, and I've made mistakes in this, oh man, so many bad mistakes, because I've, I've, I've been a person who's wanted control or didn't want to hear things. I've had that period of my life for yeah. sure, decades of it, especially my younger decades. And learning to say, it's just important that people say it, and most people don't mean anything by it. Right. Most people are just going, eh, that went too long, or that didn't make any sense. And I think it's been a great discussion. And I hope people out there that listen will realize that we're working our way yes. in these three episodes on insecurity to be more secure And you know what? We think we may come back with a couple more. Hope you have a great day and keep working on that insecurity. We hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to check out our website at deepspirituality.net and our YouTube channel called Deep Spirituality. If you enjoyed these episodes, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And thanks for listening.